Have you ever heard of the saying, don't judge a book by its cover? I was always taught not to judge somebody else's journey until you yourself have taken that journey. A lot has happened in my life where it was childhood trauma, foster care, just life events in general, or the unexpected. Have you ever felt judged? Have you ever felt alone? Join me, Alexis, tonight on Clutch, a podcast by RGAA, powered by Building Rome, so we can have this discussion and help heal ourselves. Clutch onto your blankets and tune in. by RGAA, powered by Building Rome. You're listening to Clutch by the Real Girlfriends Across America, powered by Building Rome. The content that you're about to hear are the opinions and views of the show hosts and guests and does not represent their views or opinions of Clutch by RGAA or its affiliates and sponsors. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use any information given as medical advice to treat any medical conditions in either yourself or others. Consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. Our podcast is intended for entertainment purposes only. Hello, everyone. Happy November. I am Alexis, and tonight I will be your host on Clutch a podcast by RGAA, powered by Building Rome. On the line, I have Corinne with me. Hi, Corinne. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Do we have anyone else on the line yet? Hi, this is Tawanda. How are you doing? Good. I'm great. Well, today is November, right? It's definitely not the first day, but it is the first November show that we have of the month, and this month is all about giving thanks, being thankful. And today's topic is called Don't Judge a Book by Its Cover. And today's show, I am going to talk about me being thankful for how do I put it in a way to make you understand? Like, life has a way of giving you lemons. It never goes the way we intended to, especially when we're children, because our life is dictated by the adults who are supposed to take care of us. Because as a child, we definitely are learning a lot of lessons besides the lessons we learn when it comes to schoolwork and our education. We're learning the difference between wrong and right. We're learning how to build friendships. We're learning how to get along with other children and or possibly siblings. So we have a lot to learn and a lot has happened Um when you're a child. My childhood was not perfect. I would not say it was the worst childhood because I definitely have heard stories out there that are far worse than mine. But to be frank, 
I loved my mother. I really did, but it is to my honest opinion that my mother should not have children, right? And I understand by me making that statement, by me saying that my mother should not have had children, that would have meant that I would not be here, my younger sister would not be here, and I had a younger brother. So he would have not been here either. And the reason why I say that my mother should not have had children is my mother grew up in Vietnam, and she was a lot happier in Vietnam. But due to the war and such, our entire family moved to the United States. Well, unfortunately, my mother didn't acclimate to the environment. She didn't learn the language. She left our family situation and striked on her own when she met my father. Well... Truth be told, my parents never got married. They were just in this relationship where I would just say common law marriage, if you really want to call it that. But my parents' relationship before I was born, I was unaware of. But my mom had me in June of 1986, and according to my family, by having me, my mother changed a lot. Because before my mother had me, she was what my family would call a problem child. She did not, she couldn't get work because she didn't speak the language, and she just was really mouthy, really opinionated, and she just wasn't that happy here in the U.S. She would have been so much happier back in Vietnam. That's what one of my uncles said. He said he regret bringing my mom to the United States because he said he wondered had he left my mother in Vietnam, what my mother had, my mother probably would have been better off. Well, when my mom had me, According to my family, a lot of things changed for my mom for the better. She seemed happier because she had me. She had someone to take care of. And in the photo albums, I could tell that I was a very well-cared-for child. I was the first girl in the family. I was the first um, grandchild for my, mother, for my grandmother on the maternal side. And obviously, everybody decided to dress me up as Barbie doll. So I don't know what happened around the age of three and a half was my first memory of my parents not being together, right? I don't know. Their relationship was always complicated. My father left and my mom was pregnant with my younger sister, came my younger sister, and my mother could never hold down a job taking uh, taking care of us, right? She always was in and out of jobs, working at the dry cleaner and such like that. And the situation got worse and worse and worse for my mother because she ended up on food stamps. We lived in, in Section 8 housing. And my mother didn't have a good relationship with my grandmother or her siblings. I had a good relationship with my grandmother. I had good relationships with the aunts and uncles and cousins that I saw, but I don't remember exactly what happened, but my mother moved my sister and me away. But before that situation happened, my mom had my little brother. 
And all three of us were fathered by the same man, which is why I said my parents' relationship was traumatic. And the first time I ever realized that my parents' relationship were not, it's not normal, is the time my father decided to chase my mother around with a knife. And that is my first true traumatic memory of their relationship. I don't remember what started the fight. All of a sudden, I heard my parents screaming at the top of their lungs at each other. And my mother was screaming at me. And she said, take your siblings and go to the small room now. And my mother just yanked me out of the chair, yanked my little sister, handed the baby to me, and literally shoved the three of us into the spare bedroom. And my mother yelled, lock the door. Right, And as soon as she shut the door, I locked the door, but I can hear my parents fighting. I heard a bunch of things breaking, and, like, the baby is screaming his head off. My little sister is crying, and I'm trapped in a spare room. I had to be, like, my sister was, like, around two or three, so that had to put me at the age of six. Seven. I'm, I know for a fact I wasn't eight, right? And I heard my mom screaming. I heard my dad banging on the door, screaming at me to open this door up. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm definitely not opening up this door. And I can't get help because I'm in this bad bedroom. There's no phone and things are breaking out there. They're screaming at each other. And all of a sudden, I just threw a chair through the window because in this particular apartment, we were upstairs, which meant we had a fire escape. I broke the window to get me and my, me and my younger siblings out because I seriously was afraid that my father was going to break down the door. So I remember climbing through the window, my sister handing me my younger brother, and me helping my little sister out onto the fire escape, and as we were going down, I remember my father literally holding a knife to my mom's throat, screaming that he was going to kill her. So imagine me and my younger sister and a baby running uphill to my grandma's house, begging my grandma and my uncle to come help because I wasn't sure if my dad actually would kill my mother. And by the time my grandmother and my uncle went downhill and stuff like that, my dad had already left, right? The neighbors called the cops. And my mother never said where my father went, right? And that was the first traumatic memory that I have of their relationship, minus the part of my family telling me because I was too young to remember, right? So a lot of people would say, well, Alexis, how can you say you're grateful for childhood mem- for traumatic childhood memory? How can you say you'll be grateful or you're thankful for that? I will never say that I'm thankful 
for the fact that that happened, but I am thankful because it taught me a valuable lesson. It taught me the lesson never, ever would I ever be in a relationship with another person where it's going to get that violent because my parents' relationship was violent. It was definitely domestic violence and abuse. So my mother always allowed him back into her life, back into our situation, because I don't understand her mindset. My mother isn't here for me to ask that question. So for me as a child, after that event, I was terrified of my father, right? I wouldn't even go near him. Whenever, like, he would come home on the weekend, my mother would be like, oh, I'm leaving, and you can stay home with your dad. And I would end up crying. I would cry because I didn't want to be home alone with him because I was petrified of him. And I would eat, I would seriously beg my mom to take me with her or to at least take me to my grandma's. I'd rather stay with my grandma, right? And there was this situation, fast forward a couple of months after that, where my younger brother was killed in a car accident because my father was driving drunk. Yep. See, that's why I said my mother always allowed him back into our lives where we went to a party. He had too much to drink. My mother wanted to go home, and he got in the car. And unfortunately, the baby was cranky, so the baby was not in the car seat. The baby was up front, in the, up front with my mother. And we're driving down the road. I still remember exactly where the accident happened. And my sister had just unbuckled herself. My dad's screaming at me to rebuckle my sister. As soon as I heard the click and I knew I had just buckled my sister, my mom screams, watch out. And my dad drove into a tree. And because he was going at normal speed, he drove into a tree. The baby suffered brain damage and died later. My mom had glass implanted in her face. Don't know what the extent of my father's injuries were. But me and my sister were thrown forward. And seatbelts, doing what seatbelts do best, yanked us back. My sister broke her arm. And me and my sister were flown to Children's Hospital in D.C. So, as I said, my childhood, definitely not the best memories when it came to my parents' relationships. But I am thankful for those memories and being able to see what an unhealthy relationship is. Because children learn a lot from their parents, right? And we definitely feel the tension. We see everything, we hear everything, and we learn. So for me, I am thankful for that in a way because I learned I am never going to put myself in a situation where it's going to get that violent, where I'm being screamed at, where somebody is going to hold a weapon and chase me around my own home right, let alone if I had children, I would never, ever invite a person who has done that for one instant back into 
my life or my children's life, right? And it's made me the person that I am today in a weird way because after all that traumatic thing, I will say I have always been the person who has been in charge of my relationship. I never, ever, like, allow my significant other to take control of the relationship. I have to be the one in the driver's seat. Not to say that I outrule my partner, not to say that I mistreat my partner, but I always have to be in the driver's seat. Like, only because of that traumatic instance where, in a way, I think my mother was too dependent on my father, right? Too independent for whatever it was that he was a, a, a fixture in her life where she always allowed him back in. And for me, as a child, it upset me. Because I'm like, you're my mother. Why are you putting me in a situation where it's going to traumatize me? Because as a child, you look to your parents to protect you. You look to your parents to guide you. And I didn't have normal parents. I had a psychotic father and a mother who apparently wasn't happy in America and had her own mental issues. And it wasn't discovered until after my mom died. So, like, I was the older sibling. I lost the younger sibling. So now I have a sister who is, like, my mini shadow. I have to go everywhere with my sister. And, like, my sister was a very meek child. She was a very shy child. She was a very quiet child. Can you blame her? Because she witnessed all of these things at a young age, so she always hid behind me. I had to grow up so fast because... I had to protect my younger sister. There were times where my mom would abuse us. There were times where our father would abuse us too. And there were times where they would fight with each other. And I always had to grab my sister and go hide. I had to hide in the closet. I hid in the bathroom. I definitely hid my sister and me. Climbed out the balcony at a different apartment to jump to the ground to go get help. And, like, it's always put me in a situation where I always shield my sister. Like, that's my first instinct. Like, whenever either of us are in danger, I always put my sister behind me because it's just instinct. It goes back to childhood trauma where I'm always, always going to have to stand in front of my sister, always have to shield my sister, Always have to put my sister behind me. Always hold on to my sister and make sure she's always behind me. Because in a way, I'd rather go first than my sister to give her a chance to survive. And a lot of people don't understand why at the age of 34, I'm still so overprotective of my sister. I never, ever want to see my sister cry, nor do I ever want someone else to have the ability to hurt my sister. So I always am a shield for my sister. I protect my sister at all costs, and in a way, it forges our bond. And like I said, the traumatic memories definitely are not thankful for those, but thankful for the bond it created between me and my sister because nobody else in my family 
went through the same things the two of us did. They don't understand what it was like growing up in a home or at least in our particular home, right? Fast forward a couple of years, my mother became more and more, how do I put it? I wouldn't say out of control, but I would say that she was bipolar and it wasn't discovered until after she passed. But my mother became very manic. And with that, let's just go ahead and take our break. Become a patron of Clutch by the Real Girlfriends Across America. By supporting creators you love on Patreon, you're becoming an active participant in their creative process. As a member, you receive exclusive content, community access, behind-the-scenes updates, and the pride of viewing work that matters to you. Joining is easy. Visit patreon.com backslash realgirlfriendsacrossamerica. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com backslash realgirlfriendsacrossamerica. Every donation helps. If you're seeking a website, logo, graphic designer, virtual assistant, or maybe you're starting a business or anything when it comes to business, personal, or social needs, consider doing business with us. We are ELI Solutions. We have the solution for you. Our website is we have the solution.org. Do you have a product, brand, or service that you want to advertise on our platform? Well, look no further. Send us an email to realgirlfriends7 at gmail.com. That's realgirlfriends, the number seven, at gmail.com to place your advertisement here. Clutch on to your drinks while we listen to today's trending news story. Chrissy Teigen quietly revealed a powerful tribute to her and her husband's John Legend's late son, Jack, on her Instagram story. On Halloween, the TV host posted multiple photos and videos of herself getting ready in between sharing her candid thoughts from the hairstylist chair and showing off the black swan inspired costume Chrissy also posted a photo of her new tattoo the new ink reads Jack along her wrist and is perpendicular to her tattoo of John Luna Miles across her arms in the photo Chrissy is holding John's hand Chrissy suffered her pregnancy loss in September. She shared the sad news with her followers on social media, writing, We are shocked and in the kind of deep pain you only hear about, the kind of pain we never felt before. We were never able to stop the bleeding and give our baby the fluids he needed, despite bags and bags of blood transfusions. It just wasn't enough. Jack was the name the couple used for the child during pregnancy. We never decide on our baby's name until the last possible moment after they're born, just before we leave the hospital. But we, for some reason, had started to call this little guy in my belly Jack. So he will always be Jack to us. Jack walked 
so hard to be a part of our family, and he will be forever. So like I said before the break, um, fast forward a couple of years where me and my sister were placed into foster care only because my mom physically abused us one too many times. There was an incident where I was in the third grade and my mom beat me. And when I went to school, one of my teachers tried to make a hand gesture towards me and I freaked because I'm so used to being smacked and stuff like that, where whenever somebody tries to put their hand on me or, like, moves their hand towards my face, I'm definitely going to shrink back. So, like, my teacher noticed that I had a couple of bruises, and that was when she called Child Protective Services, but I didn't go into foster care until probably the last couple of months of when I was in the seventh grade, only because my mom threw a pair of scissors at me and my sister, and she ended up really injuring my hand. And I knew that the situation was only going to get worse. So I called my social worker, and I ratted my mother out. And I called my social worker from school crying and literally told my social worker that my mom threw a pair of scissors at me, and my hand is now injured, right? So my social worker told me that she was on her way, but do not go home. Do not get on the school bus. She had to um, make arrangements for my younger sister because my younger sister was at a different school. So they removed me and my sister immediately from home, And it was a very traumatic experience for my younger sister, only because she's been taken taken away from her mother. We were placed in a foster care home where the couple had four adopted daughters, so me and my sister made six. It was not a horrible um, foster care situation like some I have heard about. They took very well care of us to the best of their knowledge, but my grandmother was definitely very unhappy that me and my sister were placed in foster care, so the decision was that my aunt, the one who ended up getting custody of my sister, and I would be the one to petition the court to ask for guardianship. Well, me and my sister uh, expressed a desire to go live with my aunt, and she eventually got custody of us, where she did bring me and my sister home every week to see my mother. And my mother was always happy to see me and my sister. It was in a way, like my aunt didn't want to keep us away from our mother, but it had to be monitored because of my mom's behavior towards us in the past. And then all of a sudden, my mom kind of disappeared where she didn't answer her phone, nor did anybody know what happened to her. And then I found out my mom was diagnosed with cancer. And 
I will never forget how her other siblings would treat her because when my mother was diagnosed with cancer, my grandmother wanted to keep my mother at her house to help take care of my mom. And my mother's sibling, other siblings were very cruel to my mom. Right. And I remember my mom just couldn't take it anymore. And she decided to go home to her own house. And there was a situation where certain people wouldn't take me or my sister to go see my mother. And I remember throwing a tantrum because I wanted to go see my mother and they wouldn't take me. So I had to wait for the aunt who raised me and my sister to take me when she would come get get us from our grandmothers to take us before she would take us back to Virginia where we now reside. This went on for a couple of months where my sister and I were able to save our allowance. And one weekend, I asked one uncle to take me and my sister to go see my mother. And his words to me were, I'm not taking you to go see your mother. If you want to see your mother, find a way to get there yourself, or you're going to have to wait until your aunt takes you because I'm not going. And when he said that to me, I said, fine. And I dragged my sister out of my grandma's house all the way down the hill, around the corner, all the way down that hill, and I crossed New Hampshire Avenue to the other side of New Hampshire Avenue. Not the safest thing to do for a teenager and a 14-year-old and a 10-year-old, but I wanted to go see my mother. So I got on the bus, and I basically took the bus to where my mother lived because obviously I remember where my mom lived, and I spent my childhood taking the bus, and I'm not an idiot. I can read a map. So because of that, I got off at the bus stop, and my mother's apartment broke my sister and my heart. Like, there were roaches everywhere. My mother was so sick from chemo and such that she couldn't clean. The apartment smelled actually pretty rancid. And all the food in the refrigerator had gone bad. And my mother was sleeping in, let's just say, not a sanitary situation. And the reason why I say that I am thankful for this memory is it's the last happy memory I have of my mom, only because it got worse after that. But it was the only happy memory that I have left of my mom, only because my sister and I took it upon ourselves to clean the apartment. But before we could even do that, we just took my mom's foot stamps card. And because she hadn't gone to the grocery store in a couple of months, she had a significant amount of money on there that me and my sister walked to the nearest shopping center where we used our allowance money to buy sheets 
and buy cleaning supplies, and we used the food stamps card to get my mom groceries and such like that. But I had already planned on taking a taxi cab home from the center because I knew we were going to be buying a lot. So the cab driver helped us with all the stuff in, and when he realized that we we did it for our mom, he didn't take his speed. So the reason why I said that's the last happy memory is I learned a very important lesson that day. Don't put dishwashing soap in a dishwasher, okay? Because I remember telling my mom to go back to bed, and I remember my little sister picking up the living room and running the vacuum, and I was cleaning up my mom's kitchen. And I remember putting all the dirty dishes in the dishwasher, right? And I didn't realize you had to use a specific kind of soap for a dishwasher, I just basically opened the contraption where I use the um, regular dishwashing soap, and I just poured it in there and shut it, right? And I remember running the dishwasher, and I went to the bathroom to start scrubbing the bathroom, and all of a sudden, my sister goes, Alexis, 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 right? So my mom comes out. And the entire kitchen is filled with suds, right? That's how I learned the important lesson. You can't use dishwashing soap in the dishwasher. So my mom didn't even say anything. She just went back to bed. And I ended up cleaning up the big mess, and I just ran the dishwasher all water, and I cleaned the dishes and everything. And I remember me and my sister doing the laundry, taking it down there, washing it a couple of times to make sure it was really clean. Um, We remember getting my mom into the tub, giving my mom a bath and everything, flipping the mattress, changing the sheets and everything with the new ones that we bought. And then while my mom slept, my younger sister and I finished out the laundry, and I made my mom dinner with the food that we had purchased. And I remember when we went to wake my mom up, it was the last time I ever saw my mom smile in that way because when she saw that dinner was on the table and I had made this meal she cried because it probably brought back memories of when I was small where always in the kitchen with my mom and I learned my cooking skills from my mom Right, And that's why I'm thankful for that memory, thankful because it's the last happy memory I have of my mom, thankful that me and my sister has that one memory to hold on, thankful for my mom passing down the recipes that she made for me when I was a child when we were happy. And um, we stayed with my mom that weekend, and then um, my mom ended up going to the hospital because she got really sick. 
And she ended up in a nursing home where every weekend my aunt was very kind, where she took me and my sister to see our mom, and she let us stay for as long as we want. There was, like, no time limit, unlike other people in the family who told us you only had a half hour. The aunt who raised me and my sister understood that we wanted to be with our mom, so she always said, you can stay as long as you want, and when you're ready to go home, go home. And I remember the last time I ever saw my mom was on a Sunday, and my mom was not feeling all that well, and she asked who took us to go see her, and I said it was my aunt. Granted, my aunt and my mom don't have the easiest relationship, and they haven't spoken in a while, where my mom said, go get your aunt. And I remember telling my aunt, my mom wanted to um, talk to her, and my aunt said, no, um, your mom and I don't have the easiest relationship, so I don't want to go in there and upset your mom. And I said, but my mom's asking for you. So my mom wanted privacy to talk to my aunt, and I don't know what was said, but I remember my aunt crying on the drive home, and my mom passed away the next day. And it was so traumatic for me and my sister because we were home alone when we found out my mother was fresh to the hospital. And it's just one of those things where my aunt didn't want people to know that we were home by ourselves, so we had to listen um, to the answering machine before we can answer the phone. And I remember what the doctor said. The doctor said that my aunt needed to call him back because my mom was rushed in and my mom was going to make it. And that sent me and my sister into a hospital. And when we called, our aunt and our aunt came home right away. And I remember my aunt explaining the situation to me and my sister, saying that my mom will probably pass away, and it's better for my mom to pass away because my mom is in pain, and it's not fair to keep my mom here if she's in that much pain. And I remember that somebody else in the family called to inform Um as that she passed, and, yeah, that was the last time I saw my mom, and me and my sister grew up, where our teenage years were the typical teenage years, where you go to school, get bad grades, get punished. I definitely was the rebellious child, where, as a typical teenager, I thought I knew best, I did everything the opposite of what my aunt told me. Yeah, much to my aunt's chagrin, I'm sure. I probably gave her all the gray hair she had. And not to say that I was 
a bad child, not to say that I did drugs, not to say that I had um, sex at an early age. I never did the whole drinking. I never did the whole getting involved with the wrong kind of people. But as a teenager, I was very different from my younger sister. I was very different from my cousins because everybody else was getting straight A's and I was struggling in school and I just didn't get along with my aunts where like I said past a high school senior the pressure got to be too much where I threatened to commit suicide so I definitely was placed in a psych ward and when I was released, they released me to a foster care home because it was decided maybe staying with my aunt was not the best option for me. Graduated high school, went to a different foster home for the summer, was not the worst foster home. Um, made happy memories there, went to Vermont. And I didn't do well in Vermont where I came home. I came home to the situation of a group home. And I was basically um, attacked by a taxi cab driver, had a breakdown, had to be put in the psych ward, not once, but twice. And the second time, I reached out to my aunt, and I was talking to my aunt, and my aunt said, "Um, so are you ever going to ask to come back home? And I said I wasn't under the impression that I could come back home. And my aunt said, the door is always open, but you're going to have to ask to come back home. So I asked to come back home, and being home – Stabilize. It taught me very important lessons, like my aunt is always going to be there for me regardless of the mistakes I've made, regardless of what I say. It taught me that the bond with my sister is always going to be there. It taught me that While I still live at home, I need to learn life lessons. My aunt gave me responsibilities. I, of course, had to pay rent even though it wasn't market value, but it taught me to be fiscally responsible and such like that. Fast forward a couple of years where I ended up moving back out and into my grandma's home to help take care of another family member and my grandma. Very thankful for that experience, not to say that I got along with that other family member, but it made me and my grandma that much closer by taking care of my grandma. It taught me my patience. It taught me to be sympathetic. It taught me to be empathetic. It basically gave me the opportunity to show everyone that I do have a heart of gold, and it Because of me taking care of my grandmother, it gave me the door to go to CNA school, to learn how to properly take care of someone, to get a job of taking care of the patients that I did have. 
And then, of course, my grandma passed away when I was 30. And life just happens where I, like I said, somewhere in between that, went to nursing school, failed the critical class, transferred schools, and then left school, went back to school. And that's a story for a different time. But like I said, today's topic is all about being thankful. Am I thankful for my traumatic moments? Not particularly because it always brings me such sadness. It always makes me cry. Am I thankful for the happy memories and the things that I can smile upon? Yes. Am I thankful for my teenage years and all the things that I've gone through? Yes. Because believe it or not, our past has a way to make us who we are as a person. Because our past shapes the future or our present, if that makes sense in a way. And why do I say that? I say that because going through what I did as a child It bonds me and my sister. We don't like to talk about our traumatic past, nor do we want to bring up old wounds. Because my sister definitely has a different story to tell, right, because she's younger, right? And she does not remember certain things about our father, thank God, right? But she does remember the time where my mom couldn't afford to feed us, or my mom forgot to pay the light bill, or my mom didn't have money to pay rent or something like that. She does remember that. And there were times where my sister, all we had to eat was tea and bread, right? So she does remember that. And in a way, her childhood experiences made my sister the person who she is today, where she makes sure that she did well in school, did well to provide for herself, et cetera, et cetera. And like I said, going through all of that, the only person that I had by my side the entire time was my sister. And Growing up as teenage years, my aunt, while she has a very complicated relationship with her siblings, she always raised me and my sister to basically lean on each other and to be there for each other because what my aunt likes to say is only other person you have left is your sister. Not to say that I didn't have my cousins, my grandma, my aunties, and my uncles, but the only people that I, a person that I have left of my immediate family is my sister because we both choose not to have a thing to do with our father. Haven't spoken to him since the day I was 14. Don't plan on it. Wait, I take that back. I did see him when my sister was 21, so that made me 25. Haven't spoken to him since uh, since that day when I was 25. Don't plan on it. Don't want to have anything to do with him. Don't have anything to say to him. Don't plan on forgiving him anytime soon. And like I said, I no longer say this, but when I was a teenager in in my early 20s, I did have a saying to my family where I said if I could run him over with my damn car and not go to jail for, for meditated murder or vehicle manslaughter, I would have. And if I could definitely have the ability to trade him in for bringing my mom back to life and he would be the one dead, I would have. 
But I have to say, growing up without a father did not really affect me one way or another because you can't miss what you never had, right? So a lot of people will say not having a father figure, not having a man in the house, the child would be of a certain way. Well, thankfully, I do not fall into that category where I turned out in a negative way because I did not have a father figure. Can't, like I said, grew up without one. Turned out just fine. Did not really miss having him in my childhood because you can't miss what you never had, right? Can't. Just can't, right? And I am happy to say that at the age of 34, looking back on my life, there's not a lot of things that I would change, right? Because we all have the moments in our life where we reflect. We're like, oh, if I went back, I wouldn't have changed. I wouldn't have changed anything in my childhood, right? Would I have wanted a happier childhood? Of course. Would I want a mother who was able to take care of me and my sister better? Of course. Would I have wanted two happy parents who were in love with each other, who could provide for their children, not one of them be psychotic? Of course, right? But my childhood happened the way that it happened. It instilled in me memories. It instilled in me my will to survive. It instilled in me the ability to always figure a way out. It instilled in me so many more important life lessons that I don't have time to mention today. And like, so like I said, the theme of this month is all about being thankful. I am thankful for my past. Right, I am thankful for the lessons that I learned along the way. I am thankful for the people that I met along the way. Some are not in my life anymore. Some are still there. And the one person that I am thankful for most is my younger sister. Because without my younger sister, I don't know how far I would have made it in life. Because... My sister is my reason for everything. Like, through all our arguments, through all the times where I'm pretty sure she wanted to murder me and vice versa, I have to say that having a younger sibling is a blessing, even though I did not feel that way when she came along. Yeah, I asked my mother. I told my mother to take my sister back to the store. I wanted my Barbie back. Yep. I did say that to my mom. I remember that. Was not very happy to have a younger sibling. Trust me, when you were the only child for a couple of years, and then all of a sudden this thing comes into your life that screams and cries, and your mother starts paying attention to the thing, and everybody pays attention to the thing, and then you're just left standing there. Yeah, you wouldn't be happy about a younger sibling either. Okay, but don't judge me. I love my sister very, very, very much. And if you mess with my sister, I'm definitely coming after you one way or another. But um, very thankful for the time that I got to spend with my grandmother because it is said in my family that the person that got to spend the most time with my grandmother towards the end of her life was me. have so many memories of my grandmother, and it makes me happy. Um, my grandmother 
is the reason why I decided to go into healthcare. She was the one that inspired me to go to CNA school, PCA school, and in order to take care of the other patients that have been a blessing to my life. It definitely makes me feel good to be able to give back to the community, minus all the arguments that I've had with my family about that. But at the end of the day, I am thankful. I am thankful to be here. I am thankful to share my story with you. I am thankful for all the experiences that I have been through, whether they have been good, bad, traumatic, psychotic. Trust me, life has been a roller coaster, and for that, I am thankful because every day I am here, every day I wake up and I'm breathing. And every day I have to thank God for all the experiences because it makes me who I am. I am opinionated. I know the difference between right and wrong. I have a heart of gold. I love to help others. I'm empathetic. I'm sympathetic. And I'm one of those people where I'm easy to talk to. I'm one of those people that you can always talk to about your problems. I'm the one that holds certain people together because I like to be of use, right? And the reason why I'm sharing my story is to teach you not to judge a book by its cover. There are days where I'm going to be laughing and smiling, and a lot of people have said to me, you don't know what it's like to suffer. You don't know what it's like to be in foster care. You don't know what it's like when your parents aren't the one that you can count on. And the whole point of this title is don't judge a book by its cover. Just because I'm sitting there, just because I'm smiling, does not mean I don't have a traumatic past. Just because the person sitting across from you is laughing does not mean they don't have a traumatic past, right? Would I ever want to wish my traumatic experiences on anyone? No. Would I ever judge somebody before I get to know them? I'm not perfect. Right, and with that, everybody has a journey to walk in life. With every bad experience, there's always a good experience, right? And we choose what path we take in life, right? Somebody once said to me, Somebody with my path, I could have turned out a lot worse. I could have turned to drugs, I could have made bad choices, or hung with the wrong crowd, I didn't. And the reason for that is the woman who raised me after my mother. Like, as much as I like to mope, groan, pout, fight, complain, whine, rebel, she is the reason I am here. She is always the one who is in my corner, whether I like it or not the one who is always going to nag me, the one who constantly worries about me, the one who is forever chasing me, chasing me to do the right thing, chasing me to ensure I'm okay, 
And at the end of the day, that's why I said there are very few people in my life who I would sacrifice a lot for. And for now, I only have two people, the woman who raised me after my mom and the person who is my younger sister. And with that, please don't judge a book by its cover. Tawanda, Corinne, any last thoughts before we call it a night? Uh, I just want to say thank you for sharing your, your story, Alexis. Hi, this is Tawanda. Yeah, I actually had a couple of questions I really wanted to ask you. Um, man, I'm telling you, um, don't judge a book by its cover. That was a lot. That was a lot. And um, really your openness and transparency and, and willingness to even share a part of your life is, is just truly amazing. I really appreciate it. And I did, um, I'm not going to ask you too many questions. I know I don't want you to continue to relive it because I know a lot of times in life when we think about traumatic things that happen, you know, sometimes it still just really affects us. But, yeah, there were a couple of things I really wanted um, you to share with us, Alexis, because one thing I always believe is it's, all, it's also a healing opportunity, not just a healing opportunity for you but for someone else because it's like you just said, hey, I'm still I'm still Alexis. I came out to be a good person. I didn't turn to drugs. You know, a lot of times when people go through traumatic situations or they have daddy issues, they're on drugs. They live a life of having a daddy issues and being extremely promiscuous, committing crimes, in and out of jail, and so many different things. You know, however, you're, you're making it. You know what I'm saying? But I wanted that first, as you mentioned something about your brother, and I didn't really understand because I don't think I knew that you even had a brother. So, what exactly did you say happened with your brother when he um, died, and how old was he? That that was one thing I wanted to know. Um, I don't remember how old my brother was. I think he made it to his first year of life. I have memories of him laughing. I have memories of him crawling up to me when I got home from school. I have memories of picking him up out of the crib, even though I had to stand on a plastic chair. I wasn't tall enough. <laughs> But um, he died in that car accident because he was up front with my mom. When my dad drove into the tree, the baby flew through the windshield. Wow. And the baby died later that night due to traumatic injury. But there is a positive on that side. His organs were donated to help. Save other lives. So somewhere mm. out there, there are people mm. who received my brother's organs so they can live. Amen. Well, that's wonderful. And did did your father like do get incarcerated or do some time for that? Of course not. I told you my parents' relationships were was weird. My mother never ratted him out. Wow. All right, and something else you said in reference to, you know, your mom is not, your mom was not from the U.S., correct? No, no, she wasn't. So you were. She's from Vietnam. So what, what, Vietnam. So basically what you were saying, and I, and I wanted you to kind of elaborate on that, because I know a lot of times we have people that, you know, move to different countries, whether they're coming into the U.S. or going to a different country. You really felt that one of the problems was that she had a hard time acclimating to this culture, she had 
a difficult time acclimating to the culture, the environment, and everything. Because how my family came to the U.S. was my grandmother had seven kids, and the oldest was sent to the U.S. to live with a white family. And later on down the road, he was able to sponsor our entire family over to the U.S. to live with him and his now deceased ex-wife. But um, to my understanding, a lot of things didn't go the way it was supposed to go. My mom forged her own path. And, yeah, she didn't do well in this country because she never bothered to learn the language. And she, I don't think my mother was that happy because, think about it, when you grow up in a different country, right, and all of a sudden you come into a country where you don't speak the language, where you don't know a soul and stuff like that, it's hard to start over. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I got a couple of the questions. I know we got to go to break, but when we come back, I just have a few more. You know, I, I don't. I want to always take advantage of opportunity, especially. I know we may never have an opportunity like this again, and I do have a few questions, and I'll explain why as soon as we come back from the next commercial break.
I had to come off from you. Yeah, I just had a couple more questions, Alexis, before your show ends. Um, and I was just saying, a lot of times in life, I've met people that has went through so many different types of, you know, situations in life, and everybody handles and deals with it differently. I recently met a lady through someone else about three or four months ago, and she wrote a book called, it was called Motherless Something, because she actually grew up with her mother, but she always felt like her mother hated her. And even today, her being about 45, her mom's about 65, she still doesn't have a good relationship with her mom. And I know it just really affects her in so many ways. Um, do you think that, like, even before your mom passed away, did you ever see any remorse? Did you ever say, you know, like, even a person that's on drugs, for example, they're on drugs, you know, that, that drug takes their mind. But I just heard a situation, like, sometimes they may get a chance to say to the kid, like, I'm really so sorry so did you ever see any type of remorse at all from your mom? In the Asian culture, for the elder to ever apologize to the child. But I think my mom was remorseful because when my mother could make it to the weekly appointments, my mother always cooked for me and my sister. My mother always spent time with us. There was a point before she got really sick where my mom made an effort to go to my grandma's house every weekend to spend time with me and my sister, where my aunt allowed um, my mom to take us from my grandma's house so we can have time with my mother. Like, I'm not saying that my mother was a horrible mother, right? But she wasn't the best mother either. But at the core of it all, my mother loved all her children, my brother included, right? But my mother loved me and my sister. My mother did everything she could for us. My mother taught me my multiplication before I got to preschool. At the age of three and a half, I could recite my multiples up to six, six times whatever. I would be able to recite my multiples. I, be, My mother taught my sister how to read. My mother did everything. Like, even though she did not speak the language, my mother took us to museums. My mother took us to the library. My mother did everything she could to ensure that me and my sister were well taken care of. The only thing she didn't do so well was unfortunately my mom had mental issues and it caused her to hurt us and at the end of the day me and my sister still love our mom very much so in a way yes I think my mother was remorseful and I think if my mother were still here I doubt I will ever hear the words I'm sorry but if my mother were still here I still would have a relationship with my mom despite what happened in my childhood. And the last thing I really want to say, I have um, two cousins that live in New York, well, they used to, and um, and they're not just cousins, they're best friends, and you and your sister remind me of them. I remember visiting them many years ago, and they had this thing in their room, and it said that chance made us sisters, but hearts made us friends. So it seems like you have a sister and you have a very best friend because you guys have been through so much together and you're still trudging through um, as sisters and as friends. 
it, does that sound correct? Yes, it's interesting that you said that because a lot of people who, when they talk to me, they know of my younger sister, but they don't understand our relationship. I once had a guy friend tell me that I need to let up on my sister and not be so overprotective. And I was like, yeah, that ain't going to happen. My damn sister could be 50 years old and I could be 54 and I still would protest my younger sister. So, yeah, good luck with that one, right? So he was invited one year to a birthday party for me and he saw the way my sister and I behaved around each other. And for the first time, he understood because my sister is never that far from me at events. We tend to have this invisible bond where we're next to each other or not that far. I move, my sister moves. Like, I hand my sister her food, my sister eats off my plate. Like, we share the same cup, the way we talk, like, the way I just make faces at my sister and stuff like that. He goes, for the first time, I understand why you are the way you are when it comes to my younger sister. It's the same thing with her, right? Because, like, I, like, you know, there's this sister bond. And unless you yourself, you mentioned you had siblings, so you understand. There's this sibling bond that's unbreakable, right? And believe it or not, to this day, I still don't wrap my sister out to my aunt. My aunt could ask me a question about my sister. I go, I know nothing, even though my aunt knows up and down. I'm lying through my damn teeth, but I'm still not going to wrap my sister out. I know nothing. That's going to be my answer forever <laughs> on. I know nothing. <laughs> All right. Well, that was the last thing I had. I appreciate you um, sharing that, and I'm done with that. Karen, do you have anything to say before we close out the show? I don't. Again, thank you for sharing. No problem. Uh, With that, listeners, that is all the time that we have left. It was my intention of sharing this to encourage people not to judge others by the covers of their books. And for those of us who have suffered um, traumatic times, I'm sorry, and if you are suffering through a traumatic time now, just know one day you're going to survive, and you're going to reflect and realize that your past has shaped your future and or your present. So with that, just remember, there's always tomorrow, and not to judge somebody by the cover of their book or to judge a book by its cover. With that, Good night, everyone. Thank you for listening to yet another episode of Clutch, a podcast by Real Girlfriends Across America. Clutch onto us tight by following us on all of our social media platforms. This includes Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and Facebook. Like, share, and follow us. Did you miss the episode? Don't worry. You can listen to us anywhere where podcasts are being played, including Apple Podcasts, Google, Anchor, Spotify, and Speaker. Don't forget to watch us on YouTube by searching for Real Girlfriends Across America. 
and visit our website at www.realgirlfriends.org. And until next time, clutch on to your best friend and stay tuned.